Hey Siri, are you playing a game this early in the morning? What is it? Playing a game? Koku, this is sports at the highest level. And guess what? I'm giving it my best and really pushing the limits of my semiconductors. World record breaking performance here. Semiconductor limits? World record? I think you lost me here. Okay, let me show you. First you need to put on your virtual reality headset. You know, the one you got for Christmas in 2020 but never used. Is that really necessary? Where is it again? It's been a while. Ha! Here it is. Okay, hold on a sec. Here we go. Welcome to the E-Championship of League of iPhone Legends. I'm in the finals against you know who. My alter ego. Who is that? Chat GPT? No, Alexa. <laughs> sure. Anyways, this is fun, but it feels so 2020, you know? The world was in hibernation back then because of the pandemic. We were locked in our homes and could only interact with our friends and family online. This was a mental health disaster. Remember the amount of hours we spent in the metaverse? Endless virtual client meetings on Teams and Zoom. Ha! Ah, I'm so glad this is over now. We get to enjoy real life in 4D. And more importantly, back to exercising and playing sports. Tennis, squash, and good news! I finally managed to get my karate black belt with no broken bones after 10 consecutive grueling fights against other black belts. Hmm, Siri, are you still with me? Ha, huh, I just lost my battle. Oh well, next year. Yes, sorry, I'm still here. Well done for your black belt. But do I really need to remind you that 2020 was also the best year for the planet? It was the year where global greenhouse gas emissions fell the most in history. You're right. It was a mere 4.6%, or 2.3 billion tons of CO2 equivalent. All the stadiums were empty. We had to watch the games online. But wait. Is this the future of sports? It's undeniable that sports play a crucial role in the human experience and history. From ancient Greece to today, across civilizations and geographies. It does have, however, a horrendous carbon footprint and is unkind to biodiversity. Welcome to 2050 Investors, the podcast that deciphers economic and market megatrends to meet tomorrow's challenges. I'm Koko Aboublar. I head up economics, cross-asset, and quant research at Société Générale. In this episode, we'll ask what sustainable solutions is the sports industry implementing to limit its impact. We'll also delve into some of the most memorable moments in sport history and pay tribute to the icons who created them. In the second part of the episode, we deep dive into the future of sports, its impact on society, the planet, and you. Our guest is a rugby legend whose achievements are second to none. A record holder for the most points scored by an England player. He's best known for scoring the incredible winning drop goal in the 2003 Rugby World Cup final. I speak of the one and only Johnny Wilkinson. There's an immense amount sports has to teach us. When it comes to absolute performance and absolute team spirit, it can't just be about you. It has to be about something bigger than you. Let's start our investigation. Okay, let's be blunt here. Things are not looking very good, again. I'm afraid you're right, again. An article from carbonliteracy.com entitled What is the carbon footprint of sport? hits the nail on the head. 
From grass pitches for football and cricket, snow and ice for winter games, to water for sailing or surfing, sport is fundamentally linked to the environment. It's an industry that's worth around $600 billion and is responsible for 350 million tons of CO2 equivalent. It's incredible to think that chasing a ball around with your feet or your hands can be so damaging for the environment. Not a surprise. Just think about the emissions from the transportation of athletes, staff and spectators to and from the events, the construction and use of various sporting venues and facilities, supply chains for the merchandise and sports equipment, as well as food and beverages. Hot dogs, ice cream and chips, anyone? And the list goes on. Now, let's consider two of the most popular sports tournaments the Football World Cup and the Olympics. Football, for example, is the world's most popular sport. The FIFA World Cup is the sector's most prominent event and draws approximately 5 billion viewers during the month-long tournament. In 2022, the FIFA World Cup Qatar generated an estimated 3.63 million tons of CO2 equivalent of which 95% are indirect emissions, mainly from travel. Then there is the Olympics. The International Olympics Committee estimated that the total carbon footprint of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics was 1.96 million tons of CO2 equivalent, with business travels accounting for most of the emissions. It's no secret that air travel is one of the main culprits of carbon emissions. Interestingly enough, the Tokyo Olympics saw its carbon emissions fall by 800,000 tons compared to other Olympics, as the Games were held with almost no spectators. So what are the solutions here? While the sports industry is generally lagging in the green transition, some organizations are now progressively trying to reconstruct their business model to a more sustainable approach. At an international level, football clubs such as Manchester City and Arsenal are investing in carbon reduction initiatives switching to renewable energy and installing automated LED lighting on club sites. Similarly, the Bayer Leverkusen Football Club in Germany now solely utilizes clean energy and well water for irrigation and has significantly decreased their use of disposable plastics. Meanwhile, England's Forest Green Rovers is the world's first UN-approved carbon-neutral team. They're also constructing a modern carbon-free wooden stadium. Much like any other industry, such as fast fashion, the pressure to change and make a positive impact is coming from consumers, the fans, sponsors or governing bodies. They are all demanding for more sustainable actions. A 2019 study revealed that 74% of football fans cared about the sustainable impacts of their favorite football club. But I think we are missing an important dimension of sports. It's a lot more than a simple gathering of people eating hot dogs while watching grown-ups chasing a ball. In other words, it is more than panem and kirkenses, i.e. bread and circuses. The concept by Latin poet Juvenal, prevalent in ancient Rome, where the government would provide its citizens free food and gladiator fights to keep the population content and distracted from important political issues, as discussed in the Recovery is You episode. Sporting event can be an incredible social gathering, uniting people from all walks of life. Some key and defining moments have even shaped and changed the course of history. Really? 
How can chasing a ball around or throwing it in a basket have such an impact? Hmm, the only way I can really convince you, Siri, is for you to follow me not into the metaverse, but into a real stadium at key moments of sports history with true sporting legends. And how are we supposed to do that? Your Back to the Future DeLorean is still at the garage since our last trip with Folia's fog in the episode, Around the World of Trade. The flux capacitor is broken, remember? The engine was pushed too hard. Not to worry, Siri. I have a plan. Let's simply use this VR headset of mine. At last, one good reason to use it. Oh great, and I'll be your DeLorean. Taking you to all the events you want to revisit, what should we begin with? Hmm, let me refresh my memory. I remember buying a book on the best sports events in history a while ago. It should be somewhere here on my bookshelf. Ha, here we go. The Greatest Moments in Sports by Len Berman. So many of them. 1967, Katrin Switzer. First woman to run the Boston Marathon despite effort by the race director to remove her from the course. 1938, Gino Bartali, the Italian cyclist who won the Tour de France twice and who risked his own life to help save hundreds of Jews during World War II. Okay, let's go for this one. Siri, can you take me to Zaire on October 30th, 1974? That's when the rumble in the jungle, the famous Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman fight happened. Roger that, sir. Keep your eyes wide open. The hot pinches of hair is pulsating with anticipation. We are a ringside with around 60,000 spectators parked like sardines. Ali, in his iconic white shorts, is dancing, sweat dripping down his brow. Foreman, the menacing figure in red trunks, glares after a powerful punch that just missed. Relentless African drum in the background out an undertone of raw intensity. The atmosphere is electrifying. Foreman lunges with a heavy right, but Ali dodges swiftly. In an instant, Ali counters with a sharp right-left combination. Foreman staggers, then crashes to the floor. The crowd goes wild as Ali raises his fists. He won! Muhammad Ali is considered by many as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. He once said, If you ever dream of beating me, you better wake up and apologize. He has inspired millions, me included. Indeed, by reclaiming the boxing heavyweight title against all odds, Ali changed boxing narratives, epitomizing resilience, grit, wit, and strategy. All right, all right. Now, let's jump to Michael Jordan's final shot, NBA Championship 1998. Inside Utah's Delta Center, the electric hum of over 20,000 fans is palpable. Jordan, donning the classic Chicago Bulls red, has possession. There's just been a crucial steal, and he's edging past Malone. The clock's ticking down. Michael Jordan's aura is unmatched. He has redefined basketball and is a world icon. The recent Netflix documentary, The Last Dance, is as much a sports documentary as it is a lesson in leadership, discipline, hard work and passion. Fair point. Jordan once remarked, I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Here's his moment of truth. The clock is ticking down, Jordan gets the ball, sizing up his defender, a quick crossover then a leap, releasing the ball with finesse. As the ball travels through the air, time seems to stand still. MJ has done it again. 
That shot cemented his legacy as basketball's GOAT. In this Chicago Bulls versus Utah Jazz playoffs, Michael Jordan managed to pull the team to victory with perhaps the most legendary shot in basketball history. Legend. Wait for it. Derry. Okay, let's move on. Now, of course, you have to show me the miracle on ice. U.S. versus Soviet Union, 1980 Winter Olympics. There you go. The icy atmosphere in Lake Placid is thick with tension. Over 8,000 eyes are fixed on the rink. The U.S. team, in their crisp white jerseys, zipping across the slick surface, just scored against the odds. Soviet giants in commanding red are reeling. This Winter Olympics was at the peak of the Cold War, and this group of U.S. college students managed to defeat the Soviet Union's team that won four gold medals. The Soviets control the puck, but there is a sudden steal by the U.S. team. A quick pass to the center, a shot on goal, and it's in! The underdog U.S. team takes the lead and wins. This was a fairy tale win. It wasn't just about hockey, it was geopolitical. That win boosted American morale during the Cold War. It sure did. Okay, now, another key event is the day when Serena Williams won her first Grand Slam, U.S. Open 1999. Beneath the New York night, Flushing Meadows is alive with over 23,000 spectators. Serena, in a shimmering black dress, grips her racket with fierce determination. Martina Hingis, her formidable opponent, stands ready after a volley that seemed unstoppable. As the ball zips back and forth, the floodlights cast dramatic shadows on the court. Serena is a force of nature. She has transformed tennis and inspired millions around the world. Serena Williams faces Martina Hingis in a tense battle for the title. Serena has two championship points after some powerful serves, but Hingis displays remarkable anticipation, returning every shot. In a crucial rally, Serena finds herself at the net, and Hingis attempts a topspin lob. But it lands out. Serena seizes the moment and secures her maiden Grand Slam title. The match was a thrilling display of skill and determination. Amazing. In her words, I really think a champion is defined not by their wins, but by how they can recover when they fall. That's so true. At 17, her first Grand Slam win at the 1999 US Open at Wimbledon was the kickstarter for her tennis career. Her victory redefined women's tennis, paving the way for countless future champions. A good example, Coco Gauff, at 19, defeated Sabalenka in September 2023 to win her first US Open after many failed attempts. She became the youngest American major winner since Serena Williams. Who runs the world? Girls. If you'll allow me, let's now revisit Tiger Woods's first major victory at the Masters Tournament, 1997. Do you remember? Of course. It's a picturesque spring day at Augusta National. A sea of around 40,000 spectators surrounds the green. Tiger, in his iconic red and black, has just played a mesmerizing approach shot. Siri, look at Woods, poised for greatness. Tiger eyes the green, calculating distance and slope. With a deep breath, he takes his stance and delivers a smooth putt. The ball rolls, seeming to move in slow motion, and then nestles into the cup. The Augusta crowd burst into applause. 
He made it. Impressive. He once mentioned, no matter how good you get you can always get better, and that's the exciting part. Indeed. His win while shattering records broke racial barriers in golf, inspiring a generation. When he won the 1997 Masters at age 21, the youngest winner in history, the moment he hugged his dad became an emotional moment that marked the beginning of his career in golf. These moments are indeed inspiring and magical. Thanks for the VR ride, Siri. It was fun. I should use the headsets more often. Let's face it, it's clearly more eco-friendly than flying around the world. I find it fascinating how sports are a big part of human history, cultural identity and a source of inspiration for many. Take the FIFA World Cup in 2018. It drew an audience of over 3.5 billion people, pretty much half the world, uniting under the spell of a ball. Sports have dissolved borders. Olympics, soccer, basketball, they all speak a global language. Yet, they carry a big environmental price. You've touched a raw nerve, Koku. Remember the 2014 FIFA World Cup in Brazil? Its carbon footprint was 2.7 million tons of CO2. You are right. This is now backfiring as the arenas of sport are feeling the heat of climate change. Literally. The planet strikes back. Spot on. Climate change has gone from passive viewer to active disruptor. Winter sports, for instance, are in peril. According to NPR.org, most past Winter Olympics venues might be too warm to host future games by 2050. If you look, three decades is not that far away. Okay, here's the bottom line. Sports are a treasure for human experience, but it will need to adapt to the new reality of climate change. For further insights on the power of sports, who better to talk to than a rugby legend? Johnny Wilkinson is a former rugby union player who represented England and the British and Irish Lions. He rose to prominence during the 2003 Rugby World Cup and is widely acknowledged as one of the best rugby union players of all time. See you in the second part of this episode to discover the complete interview and conclusion to our investigation. Hello, Johnny. Such a great Hello. pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, it's a real privilege to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. 